Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you could be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the free guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey guys, it's Janelle checking in, and I know it's been a minute since I've been on a check-in, but with everything going on right now with coronavirus, there really hasn't been much going on. Um, I've been keeping up with classes. I have been working on the podcast. And there's definitely no travel plans right now. So this pretty much sums up like my last couple of weeks and what my next couple of weeks are going to look like until graduation. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Melanin and Miles. Today, we're going to continue our interviews around the world series where we interview other young black women who have either lived or studied in a new country. For this series, we have interviews set up with women who have been to almost every continent, and this week we're talking to Miracle, who studied abroad a couple of times, actually. She's a graduating senior that attends Hampton University. She studies strategic communications, and she's a liberal studies minor. Over the summer of 2018, she did two different programs. One was in the UK, and the other was in Amsterdam. So welcome, Miracle. Hi. <laughs> So we want to start off the interview with just a few overview questions about your program. So how did you decide that you wanted to study abroad in general? Of course. So in high school or pretty much all of my life, like I would always see my friends take all of these cool, extravagant like vacations abroad. And I don't know, I was just never really granted that opportunity. So one of the main one of my main goals when I first got to college, like I remember writing down like freshman year goals, um, right, um, join the honors college and study abroad. And from like day one, I made sure to like, make sure that the, um, international office at Hampton knew who I was. And, um, I just kind of built a relationship with them. And I've always like wanted to travel. I would follow like the black girls travel to pages just to like see some different countries that I could go to. But, um, that passion just like really sparked from just like seeing all the cool places that like my friends were going to in high school. And I knew that like I could not only just travel, but like get college credit or internship credit as well. So that's like really where the interest came from. Definitely. I was like in the same situation when I was touring colleges and like when I first came to Hampton, the first thing I would always ask like is where is the study abroad program? Like where's the office at? Because that's like the thing I knew I wanted to do in college. 
No, yeah, for sure. It's most definitely. I feel like every student, especially black students, because um, I forgot the number. I think it's like 3% of black students Mm. study abroad every year. And I just feel like for us to be like so powerful and only 3% only study abroad that's like a really small number and I like um really commend like you for um having this platform to just encourage more students to study abroad and at least like know more about it as well yeah definitely so how did you end up picking the locations that you went to I know you did two different programs what was the appeal about both of them I guess sure so um my sophomore year um, I like really got down to the nitty gritty of like trying to find a program. And I will say that Hampton does a good job with um, like bringing third party study abroad programs there. But if you don't really have that like drive to do the research for yourself, I can see why some people will fall by like the wayside because it is like a lot of research that goes into choosing a program that fits with your budget, that goes with your major. Um, But I wanted to go somewhere where I hadn't seen a lot of people go. Like I didn't want to do the typical Spain or Puerto Rico or like France or anything. So I chose to go to Amsterdam and um, it was actually well within my budget. Um, they actually gave me a scholarship to go um, because I'm Pell Grant eligible. So I got a scholarship for that. And then they have um, like a Gilman grant where like you don't even have to get the Gilman scholarship. But if you just apply, they give you an additional like twenty five hundred dollars. I think I got. So I got like over half of my um trip paid for like through research with different scholarships and things. So that was like the first program um, that I went to. It was with um, the Council of International Exchange and Education, CIEE. Um, okay. And it was really good. They also provided us with like different excursions. We were able to like network and get to meet with our um cohorts, which I liked because I know a lot of, um, because it was a third party thing, a lot of people from other schools were there like with their friends, but because my program had that like meet and greet type of thing and we all went on excursions as like a class, I was able to just like have, um, those meaningful connections despite not coming from the same school as other people. The second program that I went to was, um, with it was through the honors college and it was actually like really random um i so in the honors college we have this consultant that helps us with like different prestigious scholarships and he was helping me with my essay for the gilman specifically and i guess like he he was reading the content. I guess he saw that there was like a passion in me um, for wanting to study abroad. And he offered me the opportunity to study um, at Oxford University in the UK for two weeks. And that was um, a program focusing on global anti-Semitism and policy, which I had no idea what that meant prior to the program. I was just really excited to study abroad and I would figure <laughs> the rest out when I got there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. So that's really cool. So there is money out there. We love coins for travel. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like there's literally, um, there's literally so many scholarships you can apply for. If money is the issue, like don't let that stop you. 
No, absolutely. I would just say like Google is literally your best friend. There was a time where I would literally be Googling like study abroad scholarships for black women, study abroad scholarships for HBCU students, just study abroad scholarships Mm -hmm. in general. Um, There's money out there that is unclaimed. And even if you find one program that may be too expensive, don't get discouraged. Just look for a different program that's more affordable. And then another thing um, that I did not know about until I came back was that you can actually use like if you have loans and you study abroad for a whole semester you can like use that loan or that refund check to help pay your tuition essentially for that um, semester in school so why even pay that for the pay to whatever school you go to you can spend that semester at another country yeah Uh, I, I didn't know you could do that um Okay, so how did you actually prepare to go abroad? I'm not sure. Did you have to get, like, any visas? I I know you had to get a passport. Did you have to take any, like, language classes, or was everything in English? Um, For sure. So um, the international – or the study abroad office at Hampton kind of gave me, like, a checklist of things that I had to do. And every year they have – I didn't have a passport prior to studying abroad either. I had, like, an enhanced license – just from living in Michigan, it's really random. Like not very many people know what it is, but the enhanced license is essentially like you can use it for cruises and um, go to Canada, but like for other countries, they don't really take that. But um, the international office like gave me a checklist of things and they actually had like a um, passport scholarship type of thing. And I don't remember the criteria, but I know like there's a lot of organizations out there that like sponsor Um, black students who want to study abroad and they will like actually pay for your passport fees because I believe it's like what maybe two to three hundred dollars it's almost three (laughs) hundred dollars yeah it's really expensive so that really helped um but yeah so I had to make sure I got a passport um I didn't have to take any language classes per se but with CIEE they also had like an online checklist for me to fill out and I had to get like international insurance which CIEE actually um it's included in your tuition and insurance um policy I had to I didn't have to get a visa because I wasn't there for that long um But really, it was just like communicating with the leaders of my organization just to make sure that I was on board with like making sure that I packed everything that I needed. And then I will also look at like other YouTubers online. Um, There wasn't a lot for Amsterdam specifically, but I would look at like what other people packed or like things that they were doing while they were abroad. And I like tailored my list based upon what I um, wanted to like from those videos. Okay, nice. So um, we talked about what it took to prepare. So what is what is it like when you were actually there? How um, did you take classes? How I know you said one of them was two weeks. I'm not sure how long the other one was. And then did you stay with like a host family or did you have your own like apartment living? Sure. Can I add one more thing to the um, oh, yeah, yeah. I did to prepare? Sorry, it literally just popped in my head. Here you go. Um, one thing, one more thing that I did to prepare. I still had like maybe twenty five or two thousand dollars left to pay out of pocket, which isn't bad considering like how much the tuition and my flight was. But um, to like help my mom offset some of this cost, one thing that I did um, 
over the summer before I left is I hosted a benefit barbecue and I had like my family prepare like just some hot dogs and hamburgers and I asked my family to bring like donations kind of like a trunk party when you're going to college I just like kind of just invited literally everybody on Facebook, everybody in my contact log, everybody at my mom's job. Um, and I had like the GoFundMe too, but I, I felt like that was a good way to just like have community and showcase that I was like really out here um, trying to raise funds. And I also like collected coins and um, bottles, like pop bottles, even though it was 10 cents, like literally every cent to the dollar. Added yeah, <laughs> that helps. No, Chelsea, I've had several GoFundMe accounts, like, or, like, GoFundMes for previous travel experiences before, especially with, like, companies, like, study abroad companies and um, travel companies like EF Tours. Mm-hmm. Those things can add up. So it's nice to have a little fundraising yeah. activity. No, literally. And, it's like, I feel like it helps you build character and community, too. Like, just going through that and saying that you were able to, like, raise those funds for yourself is something that, like, is satisfactory in that you can't get back from just like just only getting scholarships or just like solely having your mom pay for it like I just feel like more of a like a personal win I feel like yeah um okay so now I guess back to your program yeah um did you take classes host family etc um so I did take classes when I was in Amsterdam, I took a class um, about the history of television. That was really the only class that they had for my major. Um, but it was really interesting. We like started at the history of TV and we um, went all the way into like the 2010s to now now how television is all digitized, pre-recorded. Um, the Netflix headquarters is in Amazon. I mean, in Amsterdam too. So we were able to take a field trip to see the Netflix headquarters, and that was really cool. Just to see like how media, tech, and innovation um, like is in Europe, because I feel like Amsterdam is a really cool hub for like entertainment and music, and you really wouldn't know that unless you like went there or researched it. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I did not have a host family, but I stayed at the University of Amsterdam. They gave me like my own room and I had a common area with like other students who are from Amsterdam and like Dutch is the native language there, but mainly everybody like English is still like a secondary language. Um, And there wasn't like that many language barriers, but it was still cool to just like even though I didn't have a host family, I like had a host community. I feel like with just the people that lived um, in that dorm just uh, year round. So it was cool to just connect with them. Um, and when I studied at Oxford, I actually got to stay like in the Oxford University um, dorms and I had my own room. It was really big too. Um, I was actually the funny story. I was the only girl in the program and I guess they gave me my own like bigger room to supplement that because I think the oh, boys nice. had like to share like a twin share. bed or something. Yeah, but it was uh, cool. like I had a piano in my room, a front room, and then where my bedroom was, it was really cool. That's convenient. <laughs> no, it was really convenient because I know like I stayed in a hostel when I um went to like a different country. While I was mm-hmm. studying abroad, and I know like some people's living arrangements aren't that nice. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so how we all know like there's 
a different culture when you look at HBCUs versus PWIs, but like, was there a difference between like European universities versus like American ones, do you think? Um, I think, especially with the Amsterdam program, I think they were way more lenient, honestly, with when it comes to like expectations for the class. Um, everything was online. Like we met in class for class discussions, of course, but they were, I guess, because I was interested in the subject as well. I like looked forward to going to class, but everything was like online. It was like self-accountability. My instructor was really like open. Um, if I like knew I was going to be late with something, I would just email him and he would just like make those accommodations. But I will say one difference I saw because not every student was, um, from like a school in Europe. There were some people from, um, I think like Indiana university and some other PWIs in the U S and, I will say that there was a difference um, in like presentation skills. Uh, you know, like one thing at Hampton that we have to take is like oral com, and yeah. um, you like from day one, Hampton teaches you how to present yourself with the Hampton intro and just like mm-hmm. all the different group projects that and we your do. business pro, yeah, and the business pro, <laughs> how to dress, how to just represent yourself, and that was one thing that. I did not see from other students like people were shy to raise their hands and um, wearing sweatpants to class and stuff. And that was just something that I wasn't used to. But I mean, it's still cool to see like how other people um, like how we differ because they most definitely had like different technical skills that I hadn't learned yet in school. Okay, yeah, that's interesting because like. Because um, Joy, the other co-host of the podcast, mm-hmm. she goes to USC, which is a PWI. And then I obviously go to Hampton, so HBC. I never really thought about comparing that outside of the U.S. Like, what does it look like in other places? No, yeah, um, it's really interesting to see the difference between the two. So now I'm going to move on to what it was like being immersed in the culture, I guess. And specifically what it was like being Black and American in a whole new country. So I don't know if it was different between the UK and Amsterdam, but what was it like being Black and American throughout Europe, I guess? Because I'm sure you traveled a lot too. Yes, yes. So I guess like, you know how they say ignorance is bliss. I was really oblivious to it, but looking back, like there were some scenarios where I did most definitely feel discriminated against. And I'll get on, I'll touch on those in a second. But um <laughs> Honestly, like overall, I feel more like um, I felt more discriminated against in the U.S. than I did abroad. Like I felt way more comfortable um, in Europe. Like I feel like Amsterdam is like the European New York um, aside from like London, because everybody's really on their own type of time. You know how New York is. It's Mm. really fast paced. Nobody's really looking at what the person next to them is doing because they already have somewhere to go. That was kind of like the fast paced, um, type of environment in Amsterdam. Um, it was kind of hard at first because like, I don't know. I'm an only child, so I've always been like on my own and independent. But it was hard to like navigate getting around because I don't speak Dutch. All of the bill, like all the on the tra- public transportation, they're speaking Dutch, so you don't really know really like what's going on. Google Translate was literally my best friend my whole time I was over there. Like while the people themselves spoke English, it was still hard. Like if you wanted to navigate and read for yourself. 
um, trying to like understand Dutch was a challenge, but it was pretty fun. And I like kind of made um, best friends with one of my professors so that she could uh, help like translate some things for me and like show me different parts of Amsterdam that like weren't on TripAdvisor because I wanted to make sure that I like kind of lived like a local. Um, so that was pretty cool. I think. And in London, there weren't that many issues because it's kind of like America. Like their English, I mean, their main um, language, you know, is English. And I remember like going to um, Lovebox Festival with my friend and this guy, he like, they can tell like when you talk to them, if you're American or not. But he was like, oh man, like, how do you feel about the president? Oh man. Like, I don't know. They like, <laughs> like me more yeah. than, <laughs> than they do in the U.S. But I remember specifically, I um, went to Antwerp in Belgium and I pretty sure like I only saw three people, three other black people in that whole entire country while I was there for three days like maybe one black person a day or honestly one person of color a day and like there um it was just interesting to see like the differences between the U.S. and um Antwerp specifically because like you know how here you can ask for a cup of water and it'll be free or it'll be like no problem but in Antwerp specifically they were just like, oh, no, we don't have that. We only have bottled water, and it's five euros, which is expensive. Oh, no. Yes. So That's ridiculous. That, yes, there's that, like, being hot um, and not having water. They also ban, like, Uber and Lyft in Antwerpen. So um, we had to, like, take, take a taxi or carry, like, our last day there, we were carrying all of our bags, like, all across this city. And I, like, used to be not a minimalistic traveler so i had too much stuff in my hands <laughs> walking around this hot walking around with literally <laughs> it looked like i was backpacking through europe and i wasn't um, <laughs> <laughs> and i do remember like we went to this brunch place and everybody like that would pass by on like bikes or something would literally just give me like a death stare and i i went with Jeez. one of my friends who's um she's asian but like She's not a, I mean, I'm not going to say that, but like, I guess <laughs> like I was the odd man out. So yeah. it's like interesting to see how they would like not look at her, but look at me. Like I didn't have a place there. And I remember, um, I don't know what language they speak in Belgium, but like, I remember some guys like rolled down their windows and like yelled something in whatever language they speak. And we were just really confused. And I still don't know to this day what they were saying. But um, I just take that experience as a, li- a learning living experience. Um, I, like I said before, I never really felt discriminated against or ostracized like in full detail. I actually felt like way more comfortable into myself abroad than I had felt ever before in the U.S., yeah, that's interesting to see because everyone I ask this question in every interview, and everyone has like I guess their own take on what type of discrimination they felt, but obviously everyone has felt some type of discrimination no matter where they've been. And it's like, it's always interesting, interesting to see like how it differs by like each location people go to. No. Yeah, most definitely. And um, it also um, attributes to like, you know, those cultural norms in that country, like, you know, in India, um, if you have darker skin, you're kind of still seen as less than. So if you go to India, don't expect to be I mean it's just like kind of 
doing your research on that country, I feel like before you go so that you know what's acceptable and what's like respectful versus what's not. Um, that was another thing I did to prepare before I um, went to because I wanted to make sure I wasn't like stepping on any toes and I was just like safe. So were there any like strong examples of culture shock that you experienced um, in either country? I think because like both of my both of the countries that I went to were like kind of I wouldn't I wouldn't say Americanized, but they did have a lot of like Americanized food options or food that I was used to. Um, also, I'm a vegetarian, so it was pretty easy for me to find um, healthy food options. But I will say when I studied at Oxford, um, it was kind of hard or that was my like culture shock there because like in England, they're really big on like peas and chick like fish and chips and potatoes, yeah. but it's not like American peas and chicken and <laughs> potatoes. So yeah, food no. was really like bland. And like, I remember they had shrimp one day that look season and it did not it tastes like cocktail shrimp it just looked like <laughs> cocktail shrimp with pepper on it basically so that was kind of hard like I did what I had to do and just eat what I thought was good but um it was kind of challenging because like you know in the U.S. we have a lot of like food and chemicals in our um food that isn't um legal or like approved in those other countries so they don't season their food like we do or like even their mcdonald's is different than ours um Mm. but i guess that would be like the main culture shock that i experienced with with that oh yeah i definitely get that uh i remember the first time i had fish and chips when i went to london and it just wasn't what i expect i don't know i was expecting like at home like fried fish <laughs> no and it'll be fried but it's like battered it's, it's, it's yeah and it's one not. little fish <laughs> and it's like not deep fried fried so yeah that was um a shock I guess <laughs> okay, and beer because before that I like wasn't a really big fan of beer um mm-hmm. before traveling but like I don't know they I remember going to class some days and seeing people in Amsterdam with like a cigarette and beer at 9 a.m. So that was just interesting to see like the drinking cultures as well, because I know in the U.S. um, the drinking age is 21 here and in the U.K. I think it's like 14 or uh, there's like a different age. Is it 18 or something like that? Yeah. I think one of my professors was telling me you can drink like beer and wine in the home at 14 and 15. But like hard oh. liquor is like sixteen. Oh, uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Sheesh. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess extending on that, were there any lit nightlife stories? Was there anything like fun to do at night? I know Amsterdam already has its like reputation, but <laughs> Oh yes. Um, I'll briefly touch on it. <laughs> there, there was um nightlife is kind of different, surprisingly though, like they drink just to like casual, like drinking culture in Amsterdam is kind of different than drinking culture in the U.S. Because like here we're always like, oh, yeah, we're going to get trash, white girl wasted. Like we drink till we can't drink anymore in the U.S. But over there, they kind of like drink to have a good time. They may have like a few drinks for leisure, but they don't get like overtly drunk like that per yeah. se. Um, 
but there were still um, a lot of like fun experiences. Um, marijuana is also legal in Amsterdam. So it was cool to just like travel. They call them um, coffee shops because like usually people would um, like basically like smoke with coffee or they would like have different like snacks and stuff in the bar or in the coffee shops. And it, it was legal, but you could only like smoke in that coffee shop. Like you couldn't smoke on the street. Um, you would get a fine for that. And um, depending on like where you lived, you could smoke in your room. But because I was like with a um, like study abroad program, I was not allowed to do that. Um, gotcha. But also in Amsterdam, prostitution is legal as well. Um, oh. So they have this area called the red light district. It's not prostitution. They call it like sex work. But um, they have this area called the red light district. And basically um, at night, it would be like literally think of like, you know how mannequins are in windows. It would literally yeah. be like different buildings with different women in those like windows, kind of like mannequins. But they would be like looking, um, kind of doing different movements, trying to get your attention to get you to come in and like. Uh, wait, so it was her. actual women. Like, it- <laughs> yes, they would be actual women. And then they had like a blue light district as well for like um, transgenders and for males as well. Oh, okay. But it was like mainly I mean, um like all these different it's literally like maybe a six mile, maybe longer, um area um in Amsterdam where um there's like different shows and there's like a sex museum that I went to to learn just just about like sex work. It's really cool. They're very liberal. Very liberal. Yeah, it sounds interesting. It sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say was your most memorable experience abroad? I feel like the sex working museum is probably pretty interesting. (laughs) That was pretty interesting. But I have so many memories. Like, I think my best one, though, is um, my best friend. She studied abroad in London while I was in Amsterdam. So I got to see her for a weekend. She came to see me for a weekend and I got to go see her. Um, And we went to this festival in London um, called the Love Box Festival. And we only went for a day, but we are like hardcore music lovers. So we pushed our way to the front and we were able to see like the internet, Cali Uchis, Tyler the Creator, like all these different artists that I could see in the US. I saw them in London and Pharrell was there and this was before something in the water too. So it was just really, it was really fun. I, that was like my favorite day. And if I could go back to Lovebox and I probably will, if it's still a thing, I will go back. (laughs) Oh, that sounds lit. Um, did you, oh, I guess also, did you get to travel around Europe while you were studying? I know you mentioned you got to visit some places. Yes. So I didn't get to do like as much travel as I wanted to because I was on a budget, but I did go to um, Antwerp in Belgium and that trip only cost me $40 for both my bus ticket and um, our hostel split between two oh, people. Wow which was pretty cool for a weekend. Um, I also went to some different um, cities in Amsterdam. Like every day after class, I would try to at least visit um, different areas within the Netherlands, which is like the country. Amsterdam is just like a Mm -hmm. city in um, the Netherlands. So I went to see like the um, Anne Frank house, which is in a different part of the Netherlands. 
Um, there's some different beaches, Wola, which is a city in the Netherlands. Um, and then I went to London twice and Oxford is like its own, um, like city in England. It was kind of like dead though. Like nothing was really open past 9 PM, but it was still cool to visit. (laughs) That's weird for like a college town. Yeah, and I guess it was because it was the summer, but literally there would be like two or three bars open. And if if it was the weekend and you were lucky, you could stay out to like one or two, but the town like shut down. Okay, so what is one mistake that you made during your study abroad experience? Okay, so one mistake I made during my study abroad experience was like trying to stay to myself. Um I uh, was, I'm a big napper. And after my classes, or at least my routine in college um, at that time had been like after class, I would go back to my room and take a nap. But um, for like those first two weeks, I like did that. I would just go to my, go to class and go back to my room. Um, And it wasn't until like my last few weeks in Amsterdam, I found um, a group, a collective black women like meetup group in Amsterdam and they basically hosted like different network networking events, different volunteer opportunities, just like a space to um, create um, a space for black women in this country. And I feel like I really missed out on a lot of like opportunities and experiences just because I was like shy at first and I um, wasn't afraid or I was kind of afraid to just like jump head first and just put myself out there. So I guess that advice um, for anyone listening would be to just like make sure that you're, um, you can sleep when you get back to the Americas. You're not there to sleep. You're only there for X amount of times. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, um, what everybody's doing on Instagram back home. They're watching you. So just make sure that you like stay off of social media and just take full advantage of all of the opportunities that are in front of you. Definitely. So like what platform did you find like all of these women to meet up with or was it just like you happened to run into them and it worked out? Um, I met the owner of the black woman meetup group on um, at a club, actually. And <laughs> we were just like talking in the bathroom about like being black. And she was telling me about the group that she had. And she added me like that night. And I really felt like that was fate, truthfully. Uh-huh. But you really... <laughs> never know who you're sitting next to or who's even around you unless you talk to them. And the worst thing that they can say to you is no. So just like be sure to connect with everybody. Just say hi. Um, it's not really like the U.S. I, I would say where people are just like looking at you weird if you speak or at least wave with a smile. Like you never know mm-hmm. where a simple conversation or a simple smile could lead you. That's good advice. Um, So do you think your study abroad experiences encourage you to travel more or um, like, do you think you're actively traveling more than you did before you travel or before you studied abroad? Or do you think you're like traveling about the same? Oh, no, absolutely. It sparked a travel bug in me Um, (laughs) prior to that was my first time out of the country aside from Canada um, because I'm from Detroit. So you can literally like ride your bike to Canada if you wanted to. But um, aside from that, like my brother um, passed away the day after Christmas when I was a freshman. So like my mom and I try to I like kind of started this tradition with my mom and I. And we like take a trip every Christmas, um, 
even if it's not abroad, like this year we went to Vegas, last year we went to Toronto, but like, even if it's not abroad, I think like I most definitely, I'm not trying to be in the house at home anymore. And even like this spring break, um, I took two trips. I took an early um, spring break during midterms because I only had like project-based midterms. So my mom and I went to the Bahamas and um, I went to Mexico with my friends for spring break. But I'm most definitely always on like hopper, secret flight deal, looking for different like ways to travel. And I even consider going to like um, grad school abroad even though I chose the work route for the first two years, I'm most definitely trying to make it back out there to live out there for some period of time. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry to hear about your brother, but it's, okay. um, it's great that you like, can, like that you have like the power or like you feel the need to travel so often because we really don't see enough like black women out here um, no, traveling. But I will say like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Social media has is interesting because like you would see a lot of like influencers, black women influencers and like Tulum and different like places. But you don't see a lot of black students still. And I still feel like why that number is so low because of like lack of education and people thinking that they need to go to these like luxurious places and that's not the case at all. It's like Mm -hmm. all research and um, just like networking I feel for sure so I'm just gonna end off the interview with um the question I ask everybody and it's why do you feel it's important for black women to travel we kind of talked a lot about it throughout the interview but if you had like just a couple sentences to say to like all the black women listening what would you tell them Okay, so I um, went to this conference sophomore year before I studied abroad, um, and Yvonne Orji spoke, who um, is Molly on Insecure, and she said the number one weapon in the world um, is an AKA-47, but it's exposure, because once you're exposed to something, you have that experience, you have that screenshot of knowledge, your brain is expanded, and you can't go back from being exposed to something. And I feel like that's um, really encompasses why Black women should study abroad, because once you're exposed to a world that's not like where you are, once you're taken out of what you know, what's comfortable to you, and you're placed in this un in this foreign place um, where you don't know, that's where you like learn about yourself. Um, I feel like I started like even strengthening my own mental health. I gained more independence. Um, and you're just able to see a lot of things from a different perspective, and it may seem scary at first um, with different like don't let, I mean, I'm sorry, but don't let these like viruses and different, like (laughs) just like media news outlet things scare you from traveling because there, I guarantee you there's somewhere um, that's not included on this like coronavirus infected country thing where you can still go and travel. Um, So I would just say that um, exposure is a huge piece to why black women should study abroad. Definitely. Speaking of, since you mentioned the virus, I was going to say, did you have any travel plans that are impacted now because of it? Um, Thankfully, I was able to get my traveling out the way before this coronavirus thing got crazier. Like, um, our spring break was, we had like a very early spring break before a lot of other colleges did. 
But um, my friends and I, like, I think when we were like leaving, that's when they first started introducing yeah. the virus. Or, like, it was in China, I think, just China. Yeah. But like, we were safe. Um, I obviously self quarantined myself when I got back. So um, I haven't experienced any travel delays, but it is putting a damper on when I'm going to start my job after school because I'm supposed to start in October, but there's no real plan as to when we can stop self-isolation. So mm-hmm. let's just yeah, like, on that one. The fact that we just like don't know when this is going to be over, it's like, no, yeah, it's even literally. messing up like me with like grad school and stuff right now. No, because I, I need to start getting ready to move and stuff and I just can't even do it. <laughs> Same. And I'm from Detroit. So I'm going to have to take a flight or a U-Haul even back to Hampton to move yeah. out of my apartment. And um, I know like some of my friends who don't know what they're doing after school yet. This is in the way because they've had like job interviews lined up and they can't go because of the virus. Mm-hmm. So it's it's putting a damper on a lot of people's travel plans and it sucks. But yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, I feel <laughs> well- Some action plan. Yeah, some good news, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Miracle, for doing this interview. Um, If you guys want to, like, learn more about, like, her study abroad stuff, I'm sure, like, she's posted a lot about it on social media. Do you want to, like, shout out your instagram or anything of course so you can follow me on all platforms at the number one um and my first name last name number one miracle bailey and i also had a i have a youtube channel that i started just because um i didn't see a lot of videos for amsterdam when i studied abroad especially not for black women so i have like two to three videos out there from my experience um in amsterdam and in london if you want to check those out my um, YouTube name is Miracle Martrice, and Martrice is literally spelled like Mart, um, like Kmart without the K, and then Rice. So Mart Rice Martrice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll link that in the show notes too. I'll like put um, the YouTube and the Instagram or social media accounts on there also. Um, Thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out our merch on the website at mel- or melaninandmiles.com slash shop. And then feel free to leave a review on the podcast and let us know how you feel about these interviews on Apple Podcasts.